Thanks for clicking play on the latest episode of the Iowa Revolution podcast. My name is Spencer. His name is Dr. Bob. How you doing, Dr. Bob? I'm great. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful week. Yeah, I'm guessing no matter when you're listening to this, it's going to be a beautiful day in Iowa. Yeah, it is. It's just, I mean, what it feels like 70 degrees out. I know it's not. It's probably, well, it's 57. Yeah, mid-50s today, recording on Tuesday afternoon. It sort of reminds me of when we first started this podcast, because we started it last March, and it was probably right about this kind of weather when we were first getting off the ground. So, good memories. Nice day to be out and about. Another jam-packed show for you today, mainly focused on the State House for the first portion of it, then more national political news. Last week, you wanted me to do top five best and worst athletes as people. I am splitting it up. Last time I said let's do both, but I want to give time to each. So we'll do the five best people who were pro athletes at the end of the show. Sounds good to me. So we'll start off, uh, just saw this morning, uh, work at the radio station, and I heard that Bill Northey, a longtime Iowa Secretary of Agriculture, passed away. He also worked under Donald Trump in the federal... uh, agriculture arena, I guess. Um, He had been in the private sector the last two or three years. You had a chance to meet with him several different times in your role as a news director for the radio station. Just kind of your remembrance, your memories of Bill Northey, one of the big, I mean, not just in Iowa, but all throughout the country, one of the biggest ag supporters. Yeah, no, I interviewed him a whole bunch of times, saw him a bunch of times, saw him, you know, at different meetings and stuff, heard him speak. You know, a truly nice guy. Just, he could have been governor, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think he, you know, he didn't, there was speculation that he would run after, um, after Branstad, but they brought in Kim Reynolds and, you know, the future of Iowa was her and not Bill, Bill Northey. And I guarantee you I would be a better place if he would have been our governor than Kim Reynolds. But, I mean, he was an old-fashioned Republican. Um, he wanted to build things and wanted to, uh, you know, didn't want to get into all this, you know, I don't see how he would have bought into the, you know, the authoritarian stuff that's going on now. And I don't know. Um, I just thought he was a good guy. Um, I mean, lots of things... I mean, he was a, he was a farm bureau guy. Yeah. You know, it was just well, sure. I mean, he was certainly and, yeah. I mean, he was out to protect his constituents, which are the big ag producers. Right. So he, in a way, you know, for right or wrong, he did right by the people that wanted him. No, where we he were was. well. We were his constituents, but effectively, what you're saying is correct because, you know. He put the agribusiness interest ahead of the everyday Iowans' interest because there's the mistaken idea that what the Farm Bureau wants is what's best for the farmers when it isn't necessarily so. It's necessarily best for the agribusinesses. And so, um, now that's what he was for. There was, you know, oh, the uh, nutrient reduction strategy came in under him and you know, over 10 years of it, and our waterways aren't any better than they were before. Yeah, so, right. I mean, not a lot of progress. So, not that I expect progress from, you know, Republicans that, you know, are only interested in, in what's best for the big donors. 
one of the few politicians in the state that I think is probably respected across any political spectrum. Really, I'm a Democrat, you're a Democrat, and I always had respect for Bill Northey. Again, he didn't make the same decisions that I would want him to make. But as you said, it also didn't seem like he was under anybody's thumb either, that he was doing what he thought was best for the state. Yeah, agreed. A true Iowan. You know, he was out for agriculture. He was a cheerleader for the state of Iowa. And then he worked in the federal government, of course, on behalf of Iowans for the most part. So, yeah, certainly a titan in the ag industry in the biggest ag state in the country or one of the biggest. Yeah, and he served in the Trump administration, which was a really tough one for farmers. Farmers are awful lot better now under the Biden administration. That's right. Another death recently in the news was Toby Keith. I don't know if you had seen that he had passed away. He would, had battled stomach cancer, which I didn't know until I found out that he had died, but never was a fan of Toby Keith. I still blame him for basically blackballing the Dixie Chicks and ruining their career. Certainly getting it off track. They were one of the biggest ascendant stars in country music at the time, and they spoke out against George W. Bush in the Iraq War, and of course Toby Keith came out with, we'll put a boot in your ass, and that super aggressive American country music that really had taken off after he started doing that. And did you ever see the quote about uh, Chris Christopherson and him? They were backstage at some benefit concert or something, and Toby Keith said something to the effect of, hey, keep the lefty politics at home. Chris Christopherson took offense and basically said, what did you just say? Did you ever fight for your country? Did you ever put on a uniform? To which Toby Keith didn't have an answer. And he said, Chris Christopherson said, you know the answer. You just don't want to tell me. Because Chris Christopherson was in the Army. He did fight, I believe, in Vietnam. Um... And yeah, have you ever killed somebody and cast a check that the government paid you to do it? Yeah. And Toby Keith just kind of stood there. And of course, it's Chris Christopherson, one of the best songwriters of all time. And probably one of the few people that could get Toby Keith to just sit there and shut up. Yeah, I um, yeah, I've always admired Chris Christopherson with respect to Toby Keith. Good riddance. Yeah, agreed. Let's get into some state house news. So this is from Laura Bellin in Bleeding Heartland. If you don't read her already or follow her on Twitter, make sure that you do because she does a great job of covering the State House. Her anti-rushing with Iowa starting line are two of the best around. So again, this is from Laura in Bleeding Heartland. And she starts out by quoting State Representative Jeff Shipley, quote, If you wish to enjoy civil rights, being able to act and behave civilly is a prerequisite, end quote. That's something that Jeff Shipley tweeted on January 31st, shortly after his latest effort to take civil rights protections away from transgender Iowans went down in flames, thank goodness. Even for a practice troll like Shipley, it was a remarkably ignorant and obnoxious statement. The most prolific filer of Iowa House bills targeting LGBTQ people was bent out of shape because some protesters directed mean words and gestures towards him. He's wrong on the law, of course. No one has to, quote, behave civilly to earn civil rights. Those are for all to enjoy, whether they shout lock her up or fuck you, J-Dog. Shipley has prioritized three issues during his legislative career, undermining vaccination programs and protocols, legalizing certain drugs, and codifying discrimination against transgender people. 
He's better at getting publicity than results. Few of his proposals even got through a committee. In five years, he's floor managed, uh, floor managed only a handful of bills, none of them high profile. The bill's sponsor brought another witness, Jefferson County resident Cynthia Yaki. By the way, Jeff Shipley represents Fairfield in the Iowa State House. Cynthia Yaki is from Jefferson County. She declared that gender identity, quote, has no physical reality and falsely claimed Iowa's current law, quote, allows straight men the right to masturbate in women's restrooms and smear semen on the toilet tissue in every stall and give straight males the right to parade around nude in the women's locker room and wave their erections in your literal girl's face, end quote. Adding gender identity to Iowa's Civil Rights Code in 2007 didn't change the fact that indecent exposure and sexual assault remain illegal, of course. Several trans or non-binary Iowans testified against the bill. They explained that being transgender is not a disability or mental illness and that not all trans people have gender dysphoria. They shared their fears or personal experiences with discrimination while living in a state with no gender identity protections. Yeah, I was there when, uh, oh, that hearing was held. You did write a, a bit about this recently yeah. in your Deep Midwest substack, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was very interesting. I left the hearing room because I didn't want to take uh, the space of a reporter on a deadline or somebody that wanted to speak, so I was in the hallway. And when he came out and I saw the gestures, I heard the words, and it was... And talked to a lot of people. There were some, you know, things. I, I knew Shipley's just a really crappy person. Yeah, he was a failed stand-up comedian, is my understanding. I had seen several people say that he had tried his hand at stand-up comedy down in Fairfield and was pretty much booed off stage. I think somebody even actually beat him up or got into an altercation with him outside of a bar down in Fairfield. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't like to make fun of anybody's job because I think all work is valuable, but the, that this guy was a sauerkraut salesman. Right. Says a lot, but anyway. <laughs> and I was there. It was To be you know, honest, I'm surprised he got any job. Yeah. I'm surprised even the sauerkraut farm would hire Jeff Shipley. Yeah. But it was, I mean, and this is the guy, I think Laura Bellin might have said this or somebody else, this is the guy that, that flipped the bird to people, you know, Maybe it was uh, somebody else. I forget. But, you know, he's known for his antics. Another Republican leader may have done that. I don't remember. But I, I talked to some people. There were people there with the signs that said something like, I just want to suck their toes, sign J-Dog. And yeah, I remember because you were unfamiliar with I didn't, with who J-Dog was. Yeah, I was unfamiliar. And Which I, I think that sort of just started, I think, with this because I had never heard him. Be referred to as J-Dog yeah. before. So he wants to suck the toes of unvaccinated women. That's the kind of classy guy that this is who right. would say that. On that you have to behave YouTube. civilly yeah. to earn civil rights. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he's just a real loser. And it just uh, surprises me too that the people in Fairfield continue because this is he's won re-election, so he's he's won three different times. This is his fifth year in the Iowa State House. I think of Fairfield as at least somewhat progressive. Yeah, they too. got the Maharishi, and they've got the university there. It just seems strange that they would send such an, a quirky right-wing guy. It seemed like they would, like I would think of them as having a quirky left-wing guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know, but his legislation was terrible, and they can just continue to 
parade out new terrible legislation, this, this bit about making trans people put that on your driver's license? Yeah, so let's get to that real quick. So just to recap that one, that one did not make it out of subcommittee. So thank goodness that was that did not move forward. So trans people in the state of Iowa still have those protections. But just before we started recording, they were having a subcommittee meeting about having to out yourself if you're a trans person in the state of Iowa on legal documents. So yeah, your driver's license or your birth certificate, I believe they want it to be that it would list both, that you were born a male yeah. and, and... So why would, you, why would she want that? Why do they want that? What is the purpose of that? What, why? I can't think of a good reason. What's the... Yeah, well, so w let's think about it. So why, first, why is personal health information that you don't necessarily want there I mean, you might want that you you know have a medical condition on your driver's license, but to to make somebody do that, one thing you know it's against our First Amendment rights. One would think, but why? It's because whenever you pull out your driver's license, you give somebody a license essentially to discriminate against you. Oh, we don't do business with trans people. Yeah. I'm not going to sell you this cake. You're trans. Right. Or the police officer that pulls you by, God forbid, if they're discriminatory. Yeah. You know, so it's just it's a it's a license to discriminate. I was talking about it with uh, my friend Eric Palmer, former Democratic legislator from Oskaloosa. He says, why don't we just make them wear yellow stars? Right. You wrote be about easier? that. Yeah. yeah. And then, after, you know, a friend... Uh, uh, Rochelle Chase suggested, you know, pink star, pink triangles. Right. And that's what the Nazis did for um, gay people. Right. So this is fascism. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Right. There's no need for it. Right. Again, I can't think of one good reason for it. Hopefully it doesn't pass, just like the one that Jeff Shipley was sponsoring didn't pass. But it did make it out of subcommittee, is my understanding. So... That's something that we will unfortunately have to continue to follow. So one of the things that we need to keep reminding ourselves is that this is all radical proposals. They're all radical. They would have been seen, and but we've the Trump administration's not just about Trump. It's it's beyond Trump. But what's happened in in the Republican world is these ideas that would have been radical. 10 years ago, are now mainstream. That's something that you brought up recently in your deep Midwest, is some of these early bills that come out in the early portion when the legislators get together, 10 years ago you might have been able to throw out, there's no way that they're going to get more than five people on that bill. Right. But now everything that comes out, it's like we really have to follow this because even crazy things like Jeff Shipley's ideas might make it all the way through and become law, might actually be signed by the governor. And so we can't be lulled into acceptance. We have to realize that everything, almost everything they're proposing, or at least what's caught my attention, is radical. And it's not anything we would have accepted. And, and we've sort of been like, well, Republicans have been sort of like the, and some Democrats too, the proverbial frog in the, in the, in the hot water. Right. That... It's gotten so used to it, it's now normal. Right. 
so here's another story. This involves the State House, but we talked about this several episodes ago. This is from the Des Moines Register. A Mississippi man who admitted to destroying a statue of the pagan idol Baphomet at the Iowa Capitol has been charged with a hate crime. The statue was part of a display organized by the Satanic Temple of Iowa under state rules allowing religious displays in the Iowa Capitol during the holidays. The installation drew strong criticism from state and national leaders, including Governor Kim Reynolds and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Just seems weird to say that, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem so long ago? Yeah, it does. On December 14th, the centerpiece of the display, a figure depicting the horned deity Baphomet, was destroyed beyond repair, according to the Satanic Temple of Iowa. Michael Cassidy, a former congressional candidate from Mississippi, was charged the following day with fourth-degree criminal mischief, a misdemeanor. The Lauderdale, Mississippi man told the conservative website The Sentinel that, quote, my conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree, and so I acted, end quote making himself sound very hoity-toity. Quote, evidence shows the defendant made statements to law enforcement and the public indicating he destroyed the property because of the victim's religion, end quote, triggering the violation of individual rights enhancement, said Lynn Hicks, a spokesman for the Polk County Attorney's Office. Cassidy's attorney, Sarah Pasquale, declined to comment Tuesday on the new charge. In previous court filings, she has accused the Satanic Temple of making premature filings that, quote, like the timing and substance of the Satanic Temple of Iowa's installation of a demonic statue in the Capitol building are only meant to evoke strong emotions and incite others, end quote. So, it's... What, I mean... <laughs> blaming the victim right. for the violence. Yeah, how are, how are we supposed to take are only meant to evoke strong emotions and incite others when... You can't control yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Their religion makes you want to act out in violence. Right. And it's a non-violent religion, by the way. Absolutely. Where, you know, everybody else has to put up with their religion all of the time. All the time. And there are policies that are bad for Iowans that are being put into place by the Reynolds administration. Start my favorite one, vouchers, bad for our public schools. Yeah. All right. All to reinforce the the ideology of the Christian right. So they do it all the time. And and does that incite me? Yeah, I'm pretty angry about that. But I'm not doing anything violent about it. Right. No one is. Right. As angry as we are. As wrong as that was. Nobody is being violent. Did you see NPR recently reported that none is has the plurality of people in the United States when it comes to how you identify your religion? So none <laughs> is the leading religion, basically, in the United States now, which we knew was coming. I've heard that since I was a kid, like eventually this is going to be the case, and now it is the case. Well, so it is like we still put up with this crap, and it's like, why? Why do yeah. we continue, even for people that are, are, are Muslim or Jewish or atheist or agnostic, why do we continue to just let the Christians get away with all this stuff? Are we just afraid of the backlash? And it's not all Christians. Well, certainly it's the Christian not. right. Right. Yeah. No, because they have the power. They do. And until we take that power away. But see, they're taking away their own power in the sense that if you're a young person, you don't want anything to do with that. No. You know, very few anyway. Right. I mean, the kids are pretty, they don't care about 
you know, whether people are gay or trans or whatever, they're just, you know, they just... Yeah, the vast majority of yeah. kids that are my stepdaughter's age, Skylar's 14. They don't care. One of her best friends is trans. And it's, it's not even a thing. Like, Jack is at her house all the time. Yeah. We love him. And everybody does. Like, you know, yeah, like, so it's right. just not even a thing to, especially their generation, but even, I think, my generation. Well, and a lot of people in mine. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think people that... So the, so the increase in nuns, in the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, mm-hmm. is because they're jerks. Yeah. They're, they're pushing people away. Yeah. Rather than welcoming them in. And pushing them away from the state um, in droves. Do want to mention as well that it just broke, I think, yesterday that Kim Reynolds will again be sending Iowa National Guard troops down to the Texas border. Texas is seemingly on the verge of seceding over the, the border issue. Good riddance. Seriously. There's all sorts of states and governors that have pledged their support for Texas, mainly in the South and and the Rocky Mountains, you know, the typical Republican areas, Republican governors. So, yeah, more more of our tax dollars going down to do nothing to sit around and watch at the U.S.-Mexico border. Right. And she's... Now, everybody should think really hard about this. She's using federal money, probably for her own travel, but certainly for our troopers and our guardsmen and women to go down there. So she'll take that federal money, but she won't take the federal money to feed kids over the summer. Yeah. So send troops in this... You know, idle display, this performance, Republican performance art over not feeding kids. I mean, how, in what world does that make any sense? I recently saw a statistic that it would cost roughly $20 billion a year to feed the hungry in the United States. And in this newest bill that's being discussed at the U.S. Congress, we're talking about giving Israel about 17 or $18 billion. Just like that, yeah. right? I'm not saying anything about whether or not that money should go to Israel. My point is, we make that decision very, very easily. Yeah, we could but, we, but we in Iowa deny federal funds that could put a dent at least, wouldn't solve, but help a lot of kids yeah. and families. Yeah. It's just wrong-headed. So let's get into some national political news, some cock talk, even though the caucuses are over. Uh, it does still seem like South Carolina is a long ways away, and it kind of is. It's, what, three weeks away, I think? Yeah, Ish? I forget. I think it's late February, 27th, 28th. Anyway, this is from Red State. Former President Donald Trump challenged President Joe Biden to debate while he was speaking with Dan Bongino on his show on Monday. Dan Bongino, by the way. Oh, I can't stand him. I don't think I've ever listened. Trump pointed out how Biden turned down doing a Super Bowl interview, which would be a great potential aid for Biden's struggling campaign. But he can't do it because he can't talk. Trump said, quote, he can't do anything. Indeed, Trump questioned if Biden would even be his challenger, ultimately, and he offered to take Biden's spot at the Super Bowl interview. Then reporters cornered Biden at the Chinatown Mall in Las Vegas, where he stopped for a boba tea. He got a pineapple coconut twist, by the way. This is from Red State, as I mentioned. So this is from a conservative point of view. 
He had difficulty hearing the price of the drinks he was buying and had to ask again about it. When he came out of the store, reporters let him know about Trump's challenge and his answer was ridiculous. At first, Biden didn't answer. He just laughed, probably trying to figure out what to say. Then he said, quote, if I were him, I'd want to debate me too. He's got nothing else to do, end quote. Yeah, and coincidentally, I'd already read that article. Really? Yeah, when you, and I, and I watched the video. Okay, yeah, I did not watch the video. Yeah, and it's, it was a ridiculous take. It was just ridiculous. Biden didn't hear. We often don't hear in a crowded place. I was just thinking the same thing as I was reading it. I'm like, I've had to do that many times. Yeah. Like, well, oh, sorry, what was that or again? You're or you're thinking, Yeah, whatever. you're thinking about something else, or you're thinking about four different things. He's the president, for goodness sakes. Forgive him for having to repeat himself. Yeah, and so, but then he he did, he just said something simple, uh, a little bit of ridicule that Trump, you know, didn't have anything to do and he'd want to debate. He, It was just fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't newsworthy, but Red State had to turn it into something. It wasn't anything even worth reporting. What, you know, and they're acting like Trump is working hard all the time. <laughs> right. What is he doing? And Biden's always on vacation. It's just like, yeah. Just yeah, they wrote about that. But like, yeah, like that, that half of his time yeah. is spent uh, on vacation or licking ice cream, I think was yeah. the phrase that they yeah. used. Well, Eric It Erickson, was certainly a, a, funny, a funny read. It was stupid. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It was stupid. It's the kind of thing Fox News and Red State does. And incidentally, uh, Eric Erickson didn't write this, but Eric Erickson, who d- is the person behind Red State, he was anti-Trump at the beginning, and then he's one of these weak-kneed weasels that now is kissing Trump's ass. Probably because he was losing money yes. by being yeah. an anti-Trump person. Yeah. He realized, so, oh, yeah. I better be on his side, yeah. otherwise yeah. my website's going to go Right. Under. No, he's weak. He's pathetic. Yeah. I just thought that no, was a stupid, stupid no story. So one morality. Thing, one thing I did want to ask you, though, is what is your opinion on him turning down the Super Bowl interview? I, this, this was the first time that I had seen that. That he well, was not going to take part in that. He didn't take part last year either. Uh, and I believe it's on CBS this year too, by the way. So just Obama had denied it before, I believe, when Fox had the Super Bowl. So it would have been he would have been interviewed by like Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity or something like that. So he turned that down. But on CBS, you'd probably be interviewed by Nora O'Donnell or you know somebody that would be certainly more fair than a Fox News host. So I just wanted to rule that out in terms of if you thought that maybe it was because it was on Fox, that's not the case. I think the more that you speak, the better. I think that, um, well, the rationale for him not doing it is it's not about the Super Bowl and that the people that are doing the interviews uh, in the past have been the sports guys. Oh, yeah, right. And so the sports guys might not know anything about the politics I mean, you and I know lots of sports guys that don't know yes. anything about politics. They can't even say who their na- who their mayor is. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and they end up they feel obligated to ask a tough question, and right. then they don't know how to interact. And so, I guess Biden's. I mean, that's the rationale I've heard. I just think if I were invited, you know, I think it would be something you know that one should do. Yeah, personalizes you a little bit because yeah. usually it's not a very hard hitting interview, even if it's right. a sports guy or a news guy. It's not that's not the point of it. It's not like some press conference where you're trying to get a lot of big yeah. answers out. But yeah, if anything, 
Go and why have take, fun with Why it. not take the free airtime? Yeah, I think so. I mean, how many millions of people are going to watch this? I just think that there's... I mean, there's already a subset of voters that aren't going to vote for you regardless, but you might you might appeal to some voters yeah. that are undecided or might be leaning towards Trump. Yeah. All it takes is one thing for you to say that they can be like, oh, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. No, I think you should do it, but they aren't asking me. So this is just more of Trump being an absolute phony. This is from Midas Touch. When Joe Biden became the first president to join a picket line this past September for the UAW, the Trump campaign scrambled to do something to counter the move. Michigan is a critical state for both campaigns, and when auto workers went on strike last fall, Biden made it clear that he was on the side of the workers, and for that he was recently rewarded with the UAW endorsement. What did Trump do? He did what he always does used money and stagecraft to create the illusion of substance while doing absolutely nothing to help anyone. We saw the same production with the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, where Trump flew in for a photo op, passed out expired waters from one of his resorts, and had a few pallets of Goya beans from his friend flown in. Now we learn from recent FEC filings from his PAC, or PAC, that he did the same thing during the auto workers' strike. The Trump campaign paid Drake Enterprises, a non-union auto parts shop in Clinton Township, $20,000 to stage a fake event with people holding up union members for Trump signs behind him to make it look like he was holding a rally with union auto workers on strike. During the rally, he rambled nonsense that if he wasn't elected, the entire American auto industry was going to move to China. Yeah. But, you know, they're Obama being... and Biden saved the American auto industry. Yeah. yeah. If it weren't for them, it would already all be in China yeah. or Japan. Yeah, somewhere. And, yeah, it's, um, it's just typical Trump, and they aren't going to hear about it on Fox News or Newsmax or anything like that, so they'll not even know that it was fake. <sighs> That's just pathetic. Yeah. And even if it was fake, they say, well, I, I don't care. I like his policies. Right. <laughs> no, you don't. Name a no. policy other than yeah. build the wall, which he didn't do in the first place. And Mexico. And again, they had total control for two years, right? Like 2017 to 2019. His first two years, Trump had total control. Yeah. And what did they do about the border? They built a couple miles of wall, yeah. but there was no immigration reform bill signed. There was one giant tax cut for billionaires. There but was, they didn't do anything about it. There was a bipartisan bill on immigration reform that was presented to Trump, and he wouldn't sign it. Yeah. So that's what they did. Right. He well, did, just, he like did now, just like now, the Democrats have a bill. The bill that, that Republicans wanted. Right. The Republicans are now denying. Because they want it to be a campaign issue. They're going to let because people Trump, Trump especially... We talked about this on the last podcast, specifically called U.S. senators and told them to kill this bill because he doesn't want Biden to have a win on immigration. Because that is, of course, Trump's bread and butter. That is his baby. So if Biden can figure something out, even some of his reporters might say, well, what do we need Trump for? Yeah, yeah it's just ridiculous. Um, Which, by the way, we don't need Trump. No, we don't. <laughs> but the thing is that... Um, but it's already baked into the system. There'll be somebody that's... He's already been the disruptor. Now there's going to be somebody to come in and clean up the mess, but they'll be better at it than Trump because he couldn't 
he didn't have the discipline to do it. Like Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Or whoever comes out. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy might be somebody to watch down the line. Yeah. Who knows? But, yeah, they're willing to let people die and be in pain for a campaign issue. And they're, they're ready to let Ukraine fall to Putin. Yeah. See, talk about normalizing this craziness. When would, I mean... When did it become okay to let Russia invade countries, allies? Right. And Republicans want to to end that funding. Tucker Carlson's in Moscow as we speak. That's right. Yeah. Cheering for Putin. A lot of the American right is cheering for Putin. Five years ago, that would have been... Unfathomable, yeah. and now people are acting like, "Oh yeah, it's, we should be discussing whether we want to spend money in Ukraine," you know. And it's like we're spending what less than about five percent of our defense budget or something on it, and it's and it's not much money. And Russia's military uh, abilities are you know decimated, and we now we just need to finish it off and and kick him out of Ukraine. And uh, the Republicans don't want to, which will embolden China to invade Taiwan. Yes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's anti-American. It's anti-democracy. Right. They're not patriots. Bunch of commies. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to be on Putin's side. Well, yeah, a bunch of authoritarians. They want dictators. They, They like dictators. They like strong men. From KCCI-TV, a federal appeals panel ruled today that Donald Trump can face trial on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The decision marks the second time in as many months that judges have spurned Trump's immunity arguments and held that he can be prosecuted for actions undertaken while in the White House and in the run-up to January 6th of 2021, when a mob of his supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol but it also sets the stage for additional appeals from the Republican ex-president that could reach the U.S. Supreme Court. The trial was originally set for March, but it was postponed last week, and the judge didn't immediately set a new date. So again, all of his defenses are that he just should be immune, not that he didn't do the crime, just that he shouldn't even be charged or couldn't even be charged with a crime. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, and the ink wasn't even dry on that decision when he was uh, started fundraising off of it. Oh, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, he's showing up to all these different court cases that he doesn't even have to show up to because that's his part of his campaign. Yep. He's a criminal. <laughs> he needs to go to jail. He really does. He needs to be dressed in orange with an ankle bracelet and a flip phone and allowed to wander the golf courses at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. That's what he needs. That's what he deserves. That's what anybody else would have. I don't think they'd be allowed to walk around the golf courses in Mar-a-Lago. No, but I mean, we'd be in jail. They would be in jail if they did a quarter of what he has done. Right. He's a traitor. Absolutely. Only out for himself. Yeah. And he might become the president again. It just doesn't add up. No. You're the anthropologist. How, how do you make sense of, of, I guess it sort of could make sense why he got elected once, but how is it still possible that he's basically tied with Joe Biden? 
Well, I don't know, but there's something happening that we're, we're starting to embrace more authoritarian tyrants around the world. And it's just, it's horrifying. Um, oh, there's, I mean, it's just happening. People, I think, I forget what South American country it was that they just elect, maybe it was um, El Salvador, where, you know, I apologize for not knowing. But the, what the guy said was chilling, was that he's authoritarian, he wasn't supposed to run again, he did anyway. And he says, this is democracy, it's what the people want is democracy. It's whatever we want, we're going to call it democracy. Right. So we have, a, we have a, you know, a tyrant and who's a strong man and breaks all the rules, but still people love it. Right. And it's, you know, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I, I know there's all kinds of research on the differences of the brains of conservatives versus liberals um, with respect to empathy yeah. and with respect to um, being fearful and protective. And, well, yeah, you and I have had this discussion before, whereas Republicans view everybody as being inherently bad. Democrats tend to view people as inherently good, yeah. and that's a generalization, of course. But doesn't it doesn't count for every single person? But I think even the way that policy is ran, you can kind of see that that's the case. Well, yeah, that people deserve to be treated with kindness, whereas Republicans don't be they don't feel that way. Yeah, they think that everybody's a cheater, and that's how they do policy. Is people people haven't fallen on. Bad luck. Oh, it's just a bunch of welfare queens that yeah, are buying, yeah. you know, yeah, 24-ounce steaks and, right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, the you know, the big problem is the media. And it's, you know, the right-wing media. And there's people that don't pay any attention to anything but what Fox News does. I saw a statistic recently. People have been doing studies on the political views of boys and girls, teenagers, and then kind of following them through their early adulthood. And there usually wasn't that much of a split. Younger people tend to be left-leaning, Democrats. And so both were sort of around the same percentage. But recently that started to head the other way, where young boys especially, and it's funny because they equated this with what kind of social media they use. So the boys read Reddit or watched YouTube videos, whereas the girls were on like Instagram or Snapchat. TikTok. So it, it's almost like those platforms are taking those young boys into more conservative realms or recommending conservative videos on YouTube. Like if you watch something about is 9-11 an inside job, then you're going to get all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories and then you're in the rabbit hole and you might be radicalized. So it is interesting how Girls are just sort of normal, <laughs> you know, not being fed a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. And these young boys seem to be veering much further right than previous generations. Well, and there's other kinds of things going on. It's like... And you mentioned, too, just not to cut you off, but you didn't... I mean, this is an international phenomenon. This isn't just an American thing. All throughout the world, literally all throughout the world in every country authoritarians are starting to take over or getting a lot of support. Well, a lot of it is... A lot of it is they act like it's a zero-sum game in that if women are getting ahead, it means men are getting behind. Yeah. 
rather than we can all, uh, there's a piece of pie for all of us. And I know that there's some, you know, some things going on um, in the media that encourages this. It's like, you know, sometimes when I just want to listen to something, I'll say, um, where I can learn, I'll tell Alexa, I'll say, Alexa, uh, play, a, play a philosophy podcast. I think I'm going to get the ancient Greeks or somebody or somebody talking about Philosophy. Yeah, right. But what I get are these shows with men complaining about the rise of women. Yeah. And there's all kinds like who's of that Canadian guy, uh, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. It's all kinds of people that are making money off of creating that division. Right. And uh, it's just sort of an interesting phenomenon. And to me, these people just have a false idea of what manhood is in the first place. They all think it's like eating raw meat and being as muscly as you possibly can. And I was brought up by a a fine man who taught me that being a man means saying you're sorry, yeah. means treating women nicely, yeah. <laughs> means not being racist. You know what I mean? Like that's right. what being an adult man is all about. Being responsible. Right. Yeah, me too. Not but that you have to, you know, eat raw eggs or, you know. Yeah. It's all pretty strange stuff. But there's money to be made off of it. And, you know... And they look to the one of the weakest men in the world, right. Donald Trump, yeah. one of the weakest, pathetic men, as yeah. their idea of masculinity. Exactly. They've got a messed up view yeah. of, of manhood, that's for sure. And for womanhood, for that matter. Should we get into the top five best people as athletes? Sure. This should be a good way to cap this one off, because we've been talking a lot of, about a lot of bad people. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Shipley and Donald Trump, namely. So these are the best people as athletes. Top five. Number five is Larry Fitzgerald. You ever heard of Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah, he was a cardinal. Yep, uh, Arizona receiver. Cardinal. Yeah. yeah. Yep, was there his whole career, had plenty of opportunities to make more money if he would have gone to another team and stayed with the Arizona Cardinals his entire career and has been a humanitarian throughout his life. Uh even when he was at the University of Pittsburgh, where he went to college. His dad is also a famous sports writer, which also helps out. Uh, his dad probably taught him the real meaning of manhood, and he's just a great example to, to kids everywhere, and especially in the Phoenix area. He just did a whole lot with money and time. Yeah, kind, gracious man. Yep. Number four is Serena Williams. Yeah, I don't know what her charities are, but... She she and her sister Venus have been great role models for a couple generations of women. It's crazy that they've been doing this. I mean, because I'm probably about roughly their same age. Venus is maybe a year or two older than me, and then Serena is, might be about my same age. So, yeah, I've literally kind of grown up with them, and they were stars from the time that they were 14 or 15 yeah. all the way till today. And it's been, yeah, probably 25 years now that they've been pretty much dominating the sport. Just recently, Venus actually retired, and Serena is sort of hitting the tail end of her career. But, yeah, just the fact that she's been such a great role model to a lot of kids, and especially black boys and girls, too, to show them that tennis is not just a white man's game. Well, and I saw some video the other day of her. She just had a baby, yeah. and she's trying to get into jeans with her new body and can't quite make it, and right. just showing her... Her human side was, you know, telling, you know, suggesting to women that might feel bad after giving childbirth that, hey, you know, 
we all even the best athlete in the world yeah, it's you know it's just natural doesn't just bounce back yeah. and right number three is lebron james mm-hmm. i don't think people would immediately think of him but i was sort of thinking similar to serena williams burst onto the scene cover of sports illustrated when he's in high school pretty much a star from the age he's 16 years old Drafted number one in the NBA, goes on to be the all-time scoring leader, wins championship, etc. And he's given back to the Boys and Girls Club. He created a school in his hometown of Akron for, um, you know, impoverished neighborhoods to hopefully have those kids get a chance to go to college. And even bigger than I think all of that is you never once heard a bad thing about him. Even his quote-unquote haters, they just hate on his game. Oh, he's not good as, as good as Michael Jordan, or he doesn't have this skill or that skill. But you never hear about him. I mean, he's been married to the same woman this entire time. He's got a family with her. You've never heard anything about drugs or alcohol abuse, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's incredibly impressive to be under that much of the spotlight, probably more than just about anybody on the face of the earth for that period of time and to not have a, a DUI or, you know, got caught at a strip club late at night. You know, I mean, those things happen to any, any, anybody that's 18, 19, 20 years old making millions of dollars. Right. So. Not LeBron. Not him. Number two is John Cena. You can debate whether or not he's an athlete. I think pro wrestlers are athletes. Sure, absolutely. But, uh, He's a huge Make-A-Wish Foundation guy. Did you know that he, he is the like the record holder for most Make-A-Wishes granted? 500-plus uh, times he's granted a Make-A-Wish. Yeah, he's, I don't know, he's a very interesting guy. It's not, I mean, he's so secure in who he is. I mean, he didn't have any problems... You know, playing a merman in the Barbie movie. He is one of the funniest people. Yeah. If, yeah. if he's in a comedy, he's probably going to be the funniest person in that comedy. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah, just an all-around, just seemingly great guy. Yeah. Number two, John Cena. Number one, you mentioned him last time. I think this would be number one on most people's list. I would be remiss if he wasn't on mine, but Roberto Clemente. Yeah, I remember watching him play, and then after he retired, all of his uh, relief missions that he did, bringing food to people in troubled parts of the world, and you know, just helping people out, donations. He actually died in a plane crash after delivering while supplies. While he was, yeah, yeah, that's right. Or before, you know, while he was doing it. And I was looking a little bit more into him, and I did not know, I'm not Catholic, but I, I found out that there is a push to make him a saint. Really? Yeah, which would be amazing. St. Roberto. Wow. Yeah, started in 2007. Still not a saint, but there is some stuff going on behind the scenes that maybe he would be the first baseball saint. I wonder what his miracles were. That's a good Just point. Just existence. I was going to say, uh, hitting 300 over, <laughs> over his career. I mean, he's one of the best baseball players of all time. So, yeah, that might count. I don't, I don't know so. if Jesus ever hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. <laughs> I don't think so. If he did, it would have been a miracle, right? Right. Thank you for agreeing with me. That's a great way to end the show. I'm sorry. I just don't even know where to start. Uh, next week, we will have the worst people as athletes. Aaron Rodgers. 
He might make the list. We discussed him last time when we were talking about this list. I brought up O.J. Simpson, too. He's the first person that came to mind. I mean, when you're a double murderer, there's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of great... I mean, I had top five good people. There's so many good people. Yeah. They outnumber, you know, the bad athletes get a lot of headlines, and there's easy to pick out guys that are, you know... Troublemakers get in trouble with the law, even serious crimes such as murder or sexual assault. So trying to limit to the five worst might be tougher than the five best, yeah. is my point. So that'll be next week. Anything else to discuss this week, Dr. Bob? No. Um, no, it's just I'm paying a lot of attention to the legislature. It's yep. crazier and crazier and... Um, everybody needs to get out and vote. Dr. Bob is a great follow on Substack. I mentioned Laura Bellin and Ty Rushing with Bleeding Heartland and Iowa Starting Line respectively. And then Dr. Bob has two different Substacks, but the one that's more politically focused and you'll find the articles on the State House is Deep Midwest Politics and Culture. So make sure you follow that on Substack. And you can also take a walk in the woods with Dr. Bob with Cedar Creek Nature Notes. That's also a substack that Dr. Bob publishes with a bunch of pictures and notes on his morning walks. Yes, and uh, they're great fun. No politics. No politics, just fun stuff. And make sure you follow us. We're Iowa Revolution. We also have a Twitter page, at Iowa Revolution. Make sure you subscribe so you get this uh, podcast in your inbox every Wednesday morning. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll be back again next week. Dr. Bob, I'll look forward to seeing you again. Absolutely.